from KCRW. This is Nocturne. Candles have become sort of cliche in modern culture. The first thing I think of is spa retreats and gimmicky spirituality, scented votives and cucumber water. Then I do think about religion, but I'm not religious, so it's the most superficial of associations. Quick images come to mind of church altars and menorahs, but without the deeper meaning to give weight to the practices. Next, I picture romantic dinners at fancy restaurants, which I love, but the candles there are decorative, frivolous. Even in a blackout, the candles are backups in case the batteries for the flashlights are dead. Did you know that the first known candles are thought to have been made by ancient Egyptians in 3000 BC? They used rush lights formed by dipping reeds in fat or grease. The ancient Romans are credited with inventing the first wicked candle. They melted tallow, which is animal fat, and poured it over fibers of flax, hemp, or cotton, which was used as a wick. Cultures around the world independently developed candles. The Chinese used whale fat, Japanese used extracts from trees, Indians boiled the fruit of the cinnamon tree for wax. Candle wax has been made from fish, yak butter, of course, beeswax. Most modern candles are made from paraffin, which is a byproduct of petroleum refining. All this is to say, humans have been making candles to push back the night for a long, long time. It's one of those obvious facts. Gas lamps weren't invented until the 1790s, and the electric light didn't come along for almost 100 years after that. You know this, right? I know it. Up until around 230 years ago, people used candles for light at night. But really take a moment to think about what that would have been like. When candles were the way we brought light into the darkness, everything looked different at night. There was no glow from a streetlight outside or a city miles away. When the sun went down, human activity shifted because it had to. The workday was dictated by sunlight rather than clocks. If you woke in the middle of the night, you'd likely rely on your sense of touch to guide you through your home. Or you might light a candle and you'd be able to see a little bit although nowhere near as clearly as during the day. You'd see some details of things that were close to you, and maybe contours of things farther away. You'd still need to move slowly and carefully, because your vision would be limited to a small sphere of gentle light. You would have needed a hundred candles to generate the light equivalent to our 60-watt electric bulb. If you needed to be outside in the darkness, your candle was a lifeline. We don't rely on candles the way we used to, but I think it's kind of amazing that you can still find them almost everywhere. Candles are ubiquitous. How many human-made things have remained in frequent use for thousands of years, besides the wheel? Even as the inky black night began to dissolve in the glow from gaslights, candles were steadfast and dependable. The portable flame. The iPhone of fire. Humor me now. What would a candle observe about this passage of time and its own changing role in the human saga? Say, if a candle wrote a letter to its descendants at a perilous time in its own existence, a letter sent across the ages about the great power and responsibility of being a candle.
You are a candle, first of tallow, then of nuts and fruit, then of toil of bees. You are a candle. The core of your being is a through line, rooted in the human heart, stretching back in time through the purest, deepest darkness. More thoughts of candles from Nocturne in a moment. Thank you for listening to this KCRW podcast. In case you don't know us, KCRW is public radio in Los Angeles, bringing the best of NPR to Southern California. We're also known for our own brand of bold and innovative programming, evocative storytelling, taste-making music, and audio documentaries that are little movies for your ears. You can join our community to support this show and others, or make a one-time donation just to say thank you. Find out more at kcrw.com slash join. Listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. An English woman named Fanny Trollope visited the city of Philadelphia in the 1820s. American cities were still primitive compared to those in Europe, and the comparison offers an illuminating glimpse into the time just before gas lamps began to completely transform the night. Fanny wrote of the Philadelphia night, The streets are entirely dark, except where a stray lamp marks a hotel or the like. No shops are open but those of the apothecary, and here and there a cook's shop. Scarcely a step is heard, and for the note of music or the sound of mirth, I listened in vain. This darkness, this stillness, is so great that I almost felt it awful. In northeastern cities in the 1700s, street lighting consisted entirely of candle or oil lamps. But unlike street lights today, They were meant not to light up the avenues, but rather to help navigate through them. Walking along a city street in the pitch black could lead to all manner of calamities, and these faint beacons were sometimes all that came between a pedestrian and a wall. Imagine an early American city street, made of cobblestones and often without a sidewalk. There would be muddy patches, cellar doors, stacks of wood, garbage piles, posts for awnings. People broke their legs in holes and drowned by falling off of footbridges or stumbling into large puddles. In 1830, a New York watchman running down a dark street was killed when he ran into a post. And these were the risks to those who actually dared to go out in this pre-electric version of night. Conventional wisdom held that law-abiding people mostly stayed inside after dark. The night was widely believed to be the domain of violent criminals and others who were up to no good. For most folks, the dimming light signaled a transition away from work and toward a period of slowing down and doing less, and to engaging in conversation, time spent with family, or quiet, solitary pursuits. 
inside. My glowing flame has illuminated many a black night. I am useful to the seamstress, the cook, the mother tending her child in the dark. I bind the family in sustenance and play and remind the one of their unity. I am useful, but also necessary. Without the gleam I cast, fear might turn to madness in minds broken open to all sorts of imagined danger. You are a candle. When the brilliant sun dissolves and the mighty become frail, your wick becomes the spine of women and men fending off peril. You light the space between life and death. The newest is born into your tender glow. The path through the forest is discerned by your favor. Until gaslight and then electric light became the norm, candlelight was a precious resource to be used thoughtfully and sparingly. Hence the phrase, the candle is not worth the game, referring to the game of cards in which the stakes are smaller than the cost of burning the candle needed for light to play by. Only the rich could afford beeswax candles. Many people used tallow candles, which were exceedingly stinky and smoky, or rush lights, which were inexpensive but lasted for only around 20 minutes. People would pack as much activity as they could into those illuminated moments. If you needed a lot of light, you could ignite both the top and bottom of a candle, although it would be used up more quickly, leading to the saying, burning the candle at both ends. While the poor haggled over discarded candle ends, among the wealthy, interior spaces were designed to magnify candlelight. The Hall of Mirrors at Versailles was the first room in history to be illuminated to the levels that most of us are accustomed today. The glass throughout the space reflected the candlelight to such a degree that the French court began to hold regular evening parties. In the darkest of nights, held in place by the shortest of days, you mirror the stars on Earth. You are kin to the moon. Take heed, young candle. You also possess a terrible power. In the absence of care and restraint, your gentle light destroys life. You become blaze instead of comfort. You are the seed of loss in the tumult of fire. Candles were used in lighthouses in Europe starting in the 1500s. The Eddystone rocks near the English Channel were notoriously treacherous for mariners and caused a number of brutal shipwrecks. There have been four separate lighthouses built upon this perilous group of rocks. The first, constructed by Henry Winstonley, was lit in 1698 and used 60 one-pound candles to warn off ships approaching the danger. That lighthouse lasted only five years until it was swept away in a storm along with Winston Lee and five other men who were working on the structure at the time. 
the next iteration of the lighthouse was illuminated by 24 large candles, which had to be replaced every three hours. That lighthouse lasted 50 years, but burned to the ground when the top of the lantern caught fire, probably through a spark from one of the candles. Despite these tragic losses, doubtless more lives were saved than lost by the candle's flickering glow. Though I will never know you, my wick stretches forward to you in these words. You are a noble candle. Never waver in that knowledge. Though the darkness you illumine is dissipating even now, the lanterns erase the fragile shadows. When one looks from the glare of oil, the heavens have dimmed in their majesty. You may doubt your value as the inky black drains to a dull gray. Know that you are more than the inverse of pitch. So alarming was the dark city street that in the 1500s there was a law in Paris that all houses that faced the street must have lights in the windows so that people walking outside could see. Gas lamps arrived in cities in the early 1800s. Once streets were lit with gas, people felt safer, and so they ventured out more at night. Candle use gradually dimmed as the infrastructure for indoor and outdoor gas lighting was put in place. The beginning of what we now know as nightlife was born, with concerts and other events drawing people out of their homes after dark. The workday could continue past the setting of the sun, and our internal connection to the cues of waning light became weaker. This was the beginning of the end of night, as it was known for millennia, and the beginning of a new and diminished role for candles. The light bulb, invented in 1879, was the final straw. And while bright, incandescent light was incredibly convenient, we lost something that candles gave us freely. We lost the art of entertaining ourselves in dim, intimate light. And maybe also the art of conversation, singing, and storytelling as staples of our daily life. You are a candle. So, so do, do not, not despair, despair that, that the disappearing dark makes you useless. You may, you may not shine the brightest, but your light is elemental and eternal. Yours is the only sure light, save the sun. How does it feel to know your history? You come from an ancient and venerable line. But people don't really need me anymore. What am I for? Elder Candle didn't live in a time of light bulbs and internet. What am I worth if I just live in a drawer and only come out when the power goes out in a storm? I don't know. I've been thinking about candles more and more, particularly right now, as the solstice approaches and the nights are so long. Sometimes it can feel like the world is shrinking down to nothing. But the darkness can also be a signal to shift my perspective. If I pause and breathe and allow the rhythm of the seasons to take hold, it's like having access to a portal like an opening into an older form of being. When I sit in the presence of a candle, it helps me appreciate the darkness. It helps me be present in the moment. I do that? Even now? With all the bulbs? Yeah, and this might sound sappy, but if I let it, your tiny flame helps me connect to my place in history, and the world, and what it means to be human. You help me feel less alone. 
Hey, there's a little bit more of the letter that we didn't read. It's on the back here. Oh, yeah. I almost missed that. You, you are, are a candle. candle. Born, Born of human need and fear, fear. Your, your light provides warmth beyond the scope of your flame. flame. For the, the human, human heart takes in your distinct light and transforms it into the unimaginable. Lumens become faith, intention, clarity, love. In the darkest night, through the myriad folds of time, you, Candle, are hope. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. Nocturne is distributed by KCRW and also receives support from KCRW's Independent Producer Project, which is managed by Kristen Lepore. Elder Candle was played by Bob Muzzy. Young Candle was performed by Leela Hensler. Helen Zaltzman read the words of Fanny Trollope. Inspiration for this episode came largely from two outstanding podcasts that I highly recommend you check out if you don't listen already. The first is called Everything is Alive, and the second is The Memory Palace. Find them wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>